Ladies and gentlemen, trans and non-binary punks of all ages and denominations, welcome back to another episode of Not Just a Phase, and thanks for joining us, and thanks for being here on this crazy planet we call Earth. We're online at notjustaphase.net and on Instagram at notjustaphase worldwide. Occasionally, we also tweet some nonsense over at NJAP worldwide as well. Today, we have on a true punk legend the host of the fantastic music podcast, Everything Remade, owner and operator of Middleman Records, zine maker, multi-instrumentalist for so many fantastic projects. If you've listened to Screamo in the last, I want to say almost two decades at this point, you've probably heard something that he has either been involved with in some capacity, helped release, played on, made art for, or even produced. A living legend and someone I greatly look up to when it comes to longevity in our scene. I'm very excited to be speaking with Edie Decker today. Hi, I'm Edie Quinn, and you're listening to We Are the Litany by Coma Regalia. Thank you so much for talking with us, CD. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing quite well. Um, you know, I know that I, I had come on to Everything Remade, and uh, basically as soon as that happened, I was kind of cooking up a way to get you onto <laughs> the Not Just a Phase podcast. So I'm really glad we're able to do this. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so, you know, I know we're, we both do the podcast thing. So I'm, I'm curious, are there like other podcasts that you really like or like dig into? Like, are they music related or is there like a niche, like interest thing that you dig into? Um, as far as, um, music podcasts, I, I enjoy, um, well, not just a face. Um, thank you. I also enjoy, um, just an insight, which is Tim Birkbeck's, um, podcast. Uh, occasionally I listen to a hundred words that Rory Harper does. Um, uh, other than that, I, I really, I listen to comics, a couple comics podcasts. Um, one is a kind of, it's a little bit iffy, uh, you know, like, um, one of the guys a little, little bit like, they're all sort of like, you know, it's not that they're like not PC, but one of them's a little bit on the creepy side. Uh, is it like bro -y, um, bro-esque? Uh, just like old, old pervert kind of, oh, okay. you know, creepy side. Um, but the other two guys um, really just like um, not saying anything about the fact that they tolerate him or whatever, you know, that's their, their own, like my opinion on that is not going to tank their success of their show or whatever, yeah. but um, they have very good taste. And I've, I've gotten tons of great recommendations from listening to the, the you know, these other two people speak on that. Um, and, but the one that I listen to a lot is uh, called comics lab. And it's, um, it's like, just ideas it's like a creative workshop for comics almost and it's like ideas on how to um like present your work to people in the most effective ways and things like that okay that's interesting. I think it's pretty fun do you yeah. just like stand-up comedy or is there something about like comedy that oh no comic books oh comic book oh my gosh I'm yeah so yeah sorry. yeah oh no 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 but that would be funny if i was just <laughs> Often some of it, yes, because I'm also about to be a comic. No, uh, no, it's comic books. And so it's a lot of, um, you know, it's a lot of like, um, these are the mistakes you're making when you um, letter your comics. These are the mistakes you're making in layout, you know, and, and stuff like that. And right. uh, I mean, I'm kind of like, I'm still very like punk rock about like comics. So I kind of take what I want and leave what I don't because I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm coming from this very like nineties zine maker like approach to making comics. So like a lot of this, like make and make sure that when you put the font in the word balloon, that there's enough, there's this much room on the outside edges and, and all this. And I'm very much like, I'm, I'm not going to do that every single time. Like if it looks right to me, like it looks right. And that's not to, discount like their their professional opinions or whatever but you know what i'm saying like i'm yeah i don't like i think that's important no matter like what you're um whether it's like you're uh listening to someone give you audio advice on mixing or whatever i think you you know no matter who it is you should still take it the same way like take take the uh take the advice as constructive like criticism but not let it rule like your whole mind because that can like um that can cause problems too like i've definitely like 
as far as audio goes, like you hear, and then you have to cut all these frequencies below, you know, 70 Hertz or whatever. And if you take like as a universal truth, you're, you're blown in, I think. Yeah. yeah. I think that's fair. I mean, there's mimicry and then there's emulation, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, I just think in art, like the overall thing I was trying to get out in this very roundabout way is that there isn't like a universal way to do things that is going to be applicable to every scenario, you know, like, cause I mean, um, even, even if, even if there were, then like, are you just in, end up making the same thing as everybody else? Like, you know, if you follow yeah. these formulas too close. Yeah. You don't want the one size fits all. Cause then right. it's just homogeny at that point. Right. I got you. So I'm actually curious then uh, what kind of came first? Was it like the comics? Like I know you've liked or like loved comics for a really long time. And I know you've been making zines for a really long time. Like what did the zines come first? And then that kind of bled into the interest of comics or were these both just interests you had for a long time? Uh, well, I, I mean, I, you know, I remember being a, a small kid and like my dad had some comics um, and I, I remember just like a lot of people, uh, my age or, you know, or older, like I remember being at like my great grandma's or whatever, or my grandma's and finding comic strips in the newspaper, you know, and, uh, and, uh, like my, my grandma was kind of a hoarder, so there'd be a lot of them too. So you'd literally <laughs> just sit there and read like months of, but, uh, um so yeah i don't know but and then you know like obviously like music comes into all this and then in the 90s and then like just uh being being like in this small uh town high school and having like the being like the one of the campuses that got like the first versions of uh dating myself a little bit but uh the first versions of uh, it was called um it was called all this page maker back then and uh and that was the basically photoshop version one it's called all this page maker and they sold it to adobe at some point and so it became adobe photoshop but um and just like finding out people did zines and just like you know, being like in this class with this um, teacher that was like a really big, like hippie and, you know, and, and so when you um, crumpled up a piece of paper and put it on the scanner for the first time, like, and then this hippie teacher was like, well, you're so imaginative and taking this <laughs> like, yeah, you know, and yeah. uh, just, like the idea that you could just like your idea, your imagination was the limit, you know, um, was always a, a thing that fascinated with me with whether it was music or whether it was, you know, um, print work of one kind or another, you know, just like, um, I don't know. Like, I think that like, it's, it's wild. Like I, I've said, I've said kind of 
um, something similar before. I don't remember exactly how I put it, but it's like, if you can't, like, if you're finding a hard time, like, creating something with what you have, like, that's a, that's not, it's not the stuff that you have. It's, it's, it's your relationship to, to what you have. And um, if you can change that and figure out how to work with what you have, then like you'll ultimately end up creating something I think more um, personal and um, probably more unique. Yeah, I mean, I very much agree with that. I mean, that's like a lot of the big sentiment behind DIY, right? You kind of make it happen with what you got, and then hopefully you can pick up some more stuff along the way. But it's mm -hmm. about doing it. It's not really about like how exactly how to do it. The doing it starts first, and then the how to do it kind of comes after a lot of the time. Yeah, right? yeah. All right. So then, um, like when you were getting into, so you were you were relatively young. This was like elementary school, like high school, where like you were kind of learning more about like comic editing and things like that was this also the same time that music was kind of coming into where you were like getting into punk or like just music in general yeah i mean um my dad played guitar when i was mm -hmm. a kid and so like i'd wake up saturday mornings and hear like a fender full stack going downstairs in the basement like playing ozzy osbourne or whatever <laughs> um but uh you know, I wasn't ever allowed to, well, I wasn't supposed to touch the guitar, you mm -hmm. know, like none of us were. Sometimes we did, you know, sometimes I think we got caught and sometimes we didn't. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, so like music was always like around and, um, and I definitely like always saw the appeal of being like the loudest thing in the room you know, uh, mm. and um, as far as like, you know, getting into my own stuff, like stuff that wasn't just around or finding out like about stuff that appealed to me more specifically, it was, it was definitely like, you know, as young as like 10 years old or something. And, and we had just started skateboarding mm. and we were like skating and meeting people that were you know early early teens you know 13 14 but we just we'd see these kids and we were like whoa they're so cool and uh and we'd get thrasher max and thrasher you know just w would have just written up like you know uh <clears throat> master of puppets or you know the new suicidal tendencies so <clears throat> Excuse me. We we just um, started finding like um, Metallica, Suicidal, Anthrax. Um, the more like well known like um, California skate punk bands, or mm -hmm. you know, or it, you know, bands not from California, but that were on SST or something like right, the like JFA or something. Yeah, stuff like that. We you know we found out about that stuff through Thrasher and, and seeing like clips in uh, skate videos and stuff like that. And, uh, hearing like kids playing 
this stuff while they skated out back of the department store, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, the first time I heard, I heard drums going, you know, do da do da you know, that was kind of like, I was like, at the time, you know, it's like, you didn't think, you're like, I never heard drums go that fast before, you know? And it was like, you're, that's what life was all about, right? When you're, you just found skateboarding and you're just like, I'm gonna go as fast as I can on the skateboard and you hear music that's like catching up with you in your mind and, you, and you're just like chasing this, uh, this, this volume, this speed, this, uh, this energy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I know what you mean. Like, it's just always about going faster and like, even like the scale and music too, like after a while, after you get into punk and then moving to hardcore, it's just like, how do we get heavier? Like, how do we get nastier? Like how do the riffs get bigger? Like, yeah, it's like a high yeah. you chase. Yeah. Until you're like, yeah. Until you're, until you're like, you know, uh, two, like, like 280 beats per minute, you know, like yeah. blasts, like hell yeah. You know, and I don't know. And you're that, at a noise core show. Like, yeah. That becomes like your. That's like my version of the, uh, the 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 red sports car. Like at my age, like when it's like, you know, um, I don't have that that midlife crisis where I gotta go buy like a convertible. What I have to do is I have to get behind the drum kit and see if I can, you know, play as fast as uh, a full of hell or, or somebody like that. You know. Yeah. Um, So, like, in that early era, were there, I guess, well, so segueing kind of into, like, more of the general genre that we, you know, we know and love, like, what was, like, the first, what would you classify as, like, a Screamo record that, like, you heard it and you were like, holy shit, people are doing that? Like, was there, is there anything that kind of jumped out to you? Or was it that you were discovering a lot of that scene at, the, at like, all at the same time? Well, um... It, it's it's tricky i guess because so i work at uh papa john's and um mm -hmm. like four out of the five people that were in new service synapse also work there holy shit and uh they're like basically like you know they we'd be you know driving around and and i'm i'm listening to like basically like all the the more contemporary versions of the stuff I, you know, mentioned before, like I'm listening to stuff like um, I'm listening to all the jawbreaker records that I love. I'm listening to, you know, some stuff that's on fat records. I'm listening to uh, like, you know, DRI and naked Ray gun and all the, you know, all these like right. legendary, like, you know, punk bands, but like um, then like, you know, one of these, kids is is uh getting out of the car the same time as me on the delivery and like force-fed glass or something comes blasting mm. out and i'm so hold hold on like you know because it, the thing is like i there is a a band that i was was playing in and and we um we were just like a, a punk band you know we were like we sound like um you know, lifetime or something like we, right. yeah, I think we maybe this band like kind of predated lifetime. Um, but like, 
nobody like knew who we were you know we were just like a band um but um and there was always this quality to my voice where when i pushed it too much it would turn into sort of a scream and um and when i like heard stuff like that it was like really uh it like really made me feel i had permission like what was happening when that happened in my voice like it wasn't a mistake anymore you know it wasn't something that i should be trying not to do and so like i you know i became friends with them and they're just like you know come over like after work tonight you know we're having band practice and so like i start like i'm i'm like you know yeah these these you know kids are really doing it like I mean, I'm saying kids, like we were all kids, right. but, um, and, uh, then like, it was just like some people that like I knew, um, and I, I became like really interested in like, um, putting like synth synth or like organ tones into like, you know, that kind of stuff. And I was like, like, I thought that the Crimson Curse was the best band. And I was like, I'm going to make a band that sounds like Crimson Curse. And so I started trying to find people to do that with. And um, I just got, I just, it was just like, we were just like the biggest misfits. Like nobody really, I don't think there was only like one person in the band that could like really play their instrument like i just got a drum set and i was like because nobody else could play drums so i was like i'll do it and um the keyboard player got a keyboard out of the back of a goodwill dumpster (laughs) and um it was just like we were just like cool like we're we're doing this and so like my introduction to screamo was going over you know these kids house but like it was just a thing where like this was what was happening at the time and the first chance I got I was like this is what I want to do like I'm making a band that sounds like that and I was still in like two other bands that didn't sound like that and that was pretty cool too but um you know so like that's when I met other people that were also into this. That's when I heard you and I, and you and I was the big Mm. one for me because I was like, this was to me, that was like, if like you took the parts of jawbreaker that I loved. And if you took the parts of the heavier, like, you know, um, if you took the fast parts from fat records bands, you know, and you made, and you just like, put like heavier music over it you know and and if you took the emotion that i loved about like you know the old old promise ring songs and you know it was it it was like this perfect fusion and so i was like um playing in in the band dances destroy which was uh the the we really want to be the crimson curse but um Hmm. I was definitely always like, I'm, I really want to make a band that combines all of this stuff as well as like you and I, 
or, you know, later on it would be the assistant, you know? And um, I always wanted it to be more, I wanted it to be more like drastic than that. Even I wanted it to be uh, like um, just, I wanted it to just be just to go from like happy to just like soul crushing and like yeah. uh, heavy to like bouncy and playful, you know? And uh, I don't know. I mean, in like 2000 or something, we started Kiki Obadi and that was closer, I think. And, uh, but yeah, long story short, I mean, I, it's just, I, I met some people and this was, this thing that was just this was just the thing that was taking over like diy at the time and i was just like i gotta be a part of this you know no yeah that makes sense and so that so it sounds kind of like a little bit like it was also like introduction through those guys i'm i'm still tripping over that you worked at papa john's with you surface synapse but they are from indiana i totally (laughs) forgot that's yeah Uh, yeah um and then it also became like also kind of introduction through discovery it sounds like too where you were cultivating your own sound and so then does that kind of lead into like what sorry what was that last band you said you were in it was kiki body kiki body and then does yeah. that kind of like form or like is there any part of that that becomes a conversion into ache amelie um well sort of so um <laughs> so Kiki Obadi originally, like, it was, it was actually w- one of the members of Usurp Synapse that got, that, like, got kicked out early in the formation of Usurp Synapse. Yeah, they had, like, 15 and, members or something. Over yeah, the there were, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> there were some personalities in that band, and uh, and they were, I think that uh, one of the people in that band was particularly hard to get along with a lot yeah. of the time. Uh, <clears throat> but, um, so uh Keiki Obadi transitioned into um a chameleon in the sense that like <clears throat> Keiki Obadi, we towards the end we we just uh we were having a really hard time like being on the same page about mm. like there was like me and a bass player and we were having a hard time being on the same page about what the new songs would sound like because he came in the band when the first when the well the only album was like completely written he learned the songs and he recorded the bass but then when it came to write new songs like he he was he was like really difficult about it and um Hmm. our drummer was kind of like um just I think he just really was checking out, you know, he just, it, we made the album and we, we played, but I think it just wasn't doing it for him anymore, which is, you know, fair. But, um, so we were trying to learn these new songs and, um, and, uh, three songs in particular, uh, I I'm showing like, and, um, the bass player was just like, almost belligerent just like these these songs like they weren't like tough enough sounding for him or whatever you know which is which is like he came from just a straight punk like background and didn't get down with a lot of what we were doing at the time um and um 
so I, you know, between myself and the vocalist who were like the core of the band, really, we started the band and, you know, right. we were the, we were the lyricists and music writers and stuff. Um, we were just like, yeah, I think this has run its course and he wasn't going to be around too much longer anyway, because he was graduating. <clears throat> so we set up a last show and the drummer didn't even show up. So I just played <sighs> drums and <laughs> I played drums and in, in, on these songs that I never played drums for before. Cause we had another guitar player. So I was just, and I was just like, and it's actually um, my friend, Josh, who is in that band, uh, drowning with our anchors oh our nice anchors. oh that's yeah. so cool did it did i get that name wrong it's like yeah dr no it's drowning with our anchors yeah okay okay um yeah it's actually my friend josh who's in that band so josh had not been in the band that long josh knew the songs well enough but like i was always playing guitar with him the last show was at his house that's crazy <clears throat> the drummer doesn't show up the, we had already parted ways with the bass players so tommy the vocalist was playing bass and like not really that well but bl bless him i love him I still do um and um and they're just like we should put this we should put this off until another time and i was like no we said last show i'm getting behind the drum set we're doing this it was probably <laughs> terrible but it felt really good because it was just like all these problems and we were just like okay we understand it's time to move on and it was just like i'm just like no we're not gonna like no this is this is this how ends we tonight live. this is how we die you know <laughs> um so yeah it, it probably wasn't a great show but um it felt good at the time and i i think i i i think i still remember like um like the the it pretty fondly you know um but to answer your question so then Akamili started getting together we didn't have a drummer but um i got with charlie i was showing charlie the songs that i had written for kiki Obadi at the end the same okay. songs that this other bass player was like these songs are terrible <laughs> like there's they're wussy or whatever bullshit you know yeah derogatory crap he was saying right and um Charlie's like, these are great. Uh, we started working on them. Eventually we got a drummer. Um, we didn't have a bass player. Um, and we started st sort of like, uh, we started like trying to uh, figure that out. And um, I think we played a couple shows without a bass player. And the bass player from Keiki Body was there. And he was like, why didn't you ask me to be in this band? These songs are incredible. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? These are the songs that you said you fucking hated. These are the songs you were like ready to quit the band over. This is the reason that these, he's like, oh, I don't know. I mean, they sound awesome, <laughs> you know? And, um, and we, we well, let him hurt. in the band. I mean, we, this was Lafayette. <laughs> we didn't have anybody else. And, um, and as bad as I make, made all that sound, it wasn't, <clears throat> I don't know if I'm just very forgiving or it wasn't <laughs> just like, it was just like, that's how he is, you know, or whatever. And um, yeah, I don't know. We made it work. We wrote a couple more songs. We did an EP. Um, <clears throat> you know, our main problem in that band was, uh, was that, you know, we didn't have like, 
our, our drummer had had a, a hard time like learning new songs like so mm. we just played the same songs for a really long time right and uh eventually it was just like you know like it was it was the curse of lafayette it's like that's why i started playing drums in the first place because no one played drums yeah and I, um yeah i don't know it was a it was towards the end of a Camellia, it was like I should just play drums like I could play drums like at that point well enough and um it's like no you're the vocalist you know like you play guitar you write the songs and um so that's why in Puma Regalia was just like uh I'll play drums like I'll, I'll find you know guitar players like we can we can find guitar players we can find bass players we can whatever or we right. can just not and um yeah. <clears throat> I mean that is really interesting because I I know I think I mean feel free to correct me if I'm wrong historically like Kumar Regalia has always been more drum and guitar forward in a lot of ways like at least as a live set like I think the only time I ever got to see you get, um see y'all play I think it was just two of you and mm-hmm. um I just was always like I think that was probably my first time ever really seeing a two piece either and I was just like they can do that I was like, it still sounds good. Like, I guess they can. Like, yeah. You know, um, just, historically, I, I didn't. I didn't think you had like a bass bias, but I just like thought that maybe like basses were just there was something like to the sound that you were trying to get more just out of the guitar and the drums alone. No, I think um, uh, it was. Um, it, what it was is in a Camille, uh My friend Mark was at like every show. And mm-hmm. Mark, it, during a Camille, Mark, you know, was like 17, 16 years old. And sometimes he, he it, uh, while we played, if there wasn't like a, a, a band member's friend or something that came along, uh, I would have my young, well, my oldest, um, but my, my kid at the time. And Mark would like stand at the front, like and sort of hang out with my kid while yeah. a family played and um and so we became really good friends with mark and uh mark you know was like when i'm 18 and like i'm allowed to like drive up here whenever i want we got to start a band together and um you know it didn't happen right away but eventually um it it was uh it was you know it was around it was like late 2009 yeah um and um the project body of wasps that i uh, was in had just finished our record and it was just like well i'm i'm done with that and mark and i would chat all the time so it was just like mark like we should start that band that we always talked about and um <laughs> i've got some songs like i've always got some songs and um and so like <clears throat> we did and we were we were just i was like I'll play drums until we can find a drummer. And like, I played drums mm. until like 2017. <laughs> <laughs> I played drums for like seven years. And it was like, until we can find a drummer. And it was seven years later. Um, but yeah, um, so the whole thing was, it's just like, Mark could learn the songs mm. that I was writing, like, like, almost to a T and I really f- found that 
um you know everybody has like their own little like nuances when they play right you know and and um i'm not like such a perfectionist that i would ever like be like no you're like unless it was some glaring change like right. i would never be like no that's all wrong you know but mark was just so like he could just mimic exactly what i was doing you know 95% of the time and it was just like wow like this is like i'm playing the guitar and i'm playing drums like this is you know and mark um did like have uh like some some um like creative like uh desire to like write and stuff but it was just like not his he just wanted to play you yeah. know so it worked out like really well he was just like show me what you've been doing and then we you know play and um we didn't have a like we just wanted to be able to play shows and we mm -hmm. at first like we were worried about if we did something on the record and we couldn't do that live like that <laughs> would disappoint people or something right? right but like then once you start once you realize like really quickly especially if you're a band from indiana that like only just does like weekenders or whatever what you learn really quickly is like people are going to hear what you put online. Like it it's, I couldn't even do the math. Like, you know what I mean? But like disproportionately what you put online is way more important. Like, so like, who cares? Like, like I think anybody that comes to see your band play, like that's amazing. And I hope they have a great time, like no matter what, but ultimately like, that's like if you disappointed every single person there that's like 50 people maybe yeah like as opposed to like and like that would suck right but my point is like put the best record you can make online right don't worry about if you can do it live or not because right. like you how many thousands of people will hear your music streamed or whatever you know like mm. like everyone across the world can hear this streamed don't worry if you can't play that second guitar part like don't worry if you don't have a bass player put the bass there if it's going to make it sound better right and you know that's it like i mean now it's all like it's all canon i wouldn't like reinvent the early days of coma regalia or anything mm. but that's like something I wish I would have um, realized earlier is just like, don't worry about it. Like let the bass be in control of this part. Even if you don't have a bass player live, like who cares? Right. You, you're going to have other songs. You don't even have to play that song. Right. You know I mean? So that's true. Yeah. So I can see what you're saying, like how it may have seemed like, especially in the beginning, it was just like, no, we don't care it's it's just just about the drums and the guitars you know yeah um hopefully we've been uh you know hopefully especially since the mirror i think the mirror was the one for me where i was personally like hmm. i just felt 
like the bass communicated a lot for me in that album and so um like i just from there on i was just like you know um trying to trying to make sure that i was acknowledging what other things i could bring to the to the music you know uh that like I maybe had had been like overlooking or whatever. Right. I think that that is really interesting. That's good to know. I, I always figured it was like a thing where, because I know sometimes for the most part, it's like, who who do you even start a band with? Like, can you find a bassist? Can, and, you know, of course, like, can you find a drummer? So I, I, I always thought it was maybe like a member thing where some people can go on tour, some people can write, some people would rather go on tour and just do no writing. So I always figured it was something like that. And that actually, I did kind of, I, I had a question where I was going to ask, like, if there's a record you could, or you could give me two records you could, like, if you could go back and change something about them or, like, redo them in a particular way, like, would you do it? And, like, what would you maybe do? But, it, I mean, if you, I think it sounds like you kind of, like, built that into, like, the projects you work on pretty early on, where you just, like, I just want this to be exactly what I want it to be as like yeah. the face of it i have a thing that you know uh and i like i respect like everyone's like i respect each artist's like interpretation of their music as an ongoing thing um but i, I have a thing personally where i don't even if i was displeased or if i thought oh this would be nice to change this about this album i won't talk about it because um i think that 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 people's experiences with your your music are so personal that um i think that i don't i don't you know like i said like um the way people talk about their own music, the way people relate to their own music is, is entirely their own thing. And I don't mm. want to make it seem like I'm making a judgment on how other people speak on, you know, on that. But um, I, I think that for me, it's like, I don't want to say like, I hate the way this sounds on this album because whatever, because like, if that's someone's, favorite album and they mm. love everything about that i wouldn't want to take one shred of that away from them you know and um like i also think that another thing that i try to tell myself and another piece of advice that i often give is that like it's not going to be the last thing you ever do so that like those two philosophies together is just sort of like um me saying like i'll get it next time you know yeah like if there was something like i don't want to talk about it i just want to do it right next time you know or yeah uh, yeah no of course i mean that makes sense especially because <clears throat> if you know you're going to get more chances and i mean clearly with like the breadth of your work and everything like i think i don't even know how many not even just full releases, but I know you, I know Coma Regalia has at least like, I want to say like seven or eight albums. And then that's not we, including like, yeah, we just released our seventh, seventh album. Seventh album. Yeah. Okay. Recording the eighth in May. Okay. Nice. Yeah. So it can't be stopped. Right. And like the sound always changes and evolves. And like, 
it's it's something that you're right you do get another chance and you've definitely given yourself a lot of chances and i remember like a lot of the earlier splits that y'all did where um they would they wouldn't they would sound like it was I could tell it was you but they wouldn't all sound the same because it sounded like there were like maybe little nuances that were being tried differently like I think your split with vowels sounds a bit different from your split with like the Caitlin Elm or something like that you know what I mean and so I I guess I I guess I do see that which is really Uh cool yeah in the beginning there was definitely like only one rule and that was that there weren't any rules so yeah like the thing i think that's different about coma regalia now as opposed to back then is like back then if i wrote a pop a pop punk song it would just be a coma regalia song Mm. and i think like absolutely i would call one of the songs on that catlin elm split a pop punk song really like to be honest (laughs) um and uh it was just like this is a coma regalia song but like now i am i'm just putting those impulses in different places Mm. like if i'm like if i write a pop punk song i'm just like okay that's matterfield like if i write an indie song that's the hope hereafter if i write a metal song then i'll sneak it into durasane you know Mm. or like um and all of that stuff like sure like all these influences that i'm still just like wearing them on my sleeve they all come out in a komaregalia song but it's not so night and day i think yeah you know so it probably seems more like focused because it it kind of i guess it kind of is just by like extension of me taking these things that veer in one direction drastically and just sort of cordoning them off into different projects as opposed to just being like i wrote a new song today it's yeah you know every single time
Okay. Well, so then when it came to, um, and let me know if I say this wrong, Ilivectus. Mm -hmm. So like when you were writing that, you were like, these are Coma Regalia songs. Or like you knew that like these would probably be Coma Regalia songs. So do I have that right? Like, did yeah, they feel that uh, way when you were writing them? Or was it like as they as you were writing them and working on them, you're like, these are Coma Regalia songs? So Ilivectus is, um, it it's, it is a it is a lot of um hmm. I, I'm trying to remember specifically, but uh it it was it was about like four different one hour like I just sat down and um played the guitar with like mm. no uh, I just try, I just try to like empty my mind and mm. play the guitar and record it all. And I was not worried about like, if I started to play something that I thought sounded like something I already did, I didn't stop. I just tried to see where I could make it go next. And um, when I went through these sessions i put them all in one session and i had four hours <laughs> of stuff and i was like um this is i you know i was like wow this is really daunting like that's a lot of <laughs> stuff to go through right. and um i was looking for i would i felt like i was looking for some for something that was answering a question and um and this is what i think makes this album closest to ours is the cosmos noble than mm -hmm. any of our other albums is because i was i was looking for this like sonically i was looking for something that was answering this question in my head and um I really uh, took the parts that I found and I cut them out of the project and put them into another project. Hmm. And I started piecing together the answer. And, uh, and then, you know, sometimes the, parts of the answer i i just wrote it on the spot like they you put these two parts next to each other and then your light bulb goes off and then yeah there you are and then you're there and then when it comes to the second guitars and then it was like and then sometimes like accidents just happened like you put these two parts on top of each other and you're like did i like did i do that on purpose <laughs> like or like what's is there some you know some bullshit guiding my hand here like and right. um and and uh you know so that so that's just like another blessing of like the the age that we're in right like right. now because you can you can do that you can just take these parts and just you know slide them around on your computer and see how you feel about them you know yeah this way that way the other way and then eventually you like, okay, now I have to learn how to play these all 
like they make sense so that I can show them to other people. <laughs> and, yeah. um, and that's, that's what we did. And, and then Jason came and we, we recorded them and then, and then, uh, you know, Tom's just really like the, the glue, you know, Tom makes it make sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, awesome. Yeah. I mean, working with Tom must have been really cool. I know also another legend in the game. It's, like, have you, have you, Look, what kind of relationship like, did you have beforehand or so um way back in the day you know in like 2000 or whatever in the assistant tom played at my house and uh and like i think i was just in, i think i was just really like an idiot back then and <laughs> i just thought like you know uh for so for a long time i didn't know like we'd play with Tom's bands all the time and throughout my different bands, like Kiki Abadi would play with mm. the, the assistant or um, we played with um, this ship will sink. Mm. And, um, and then later on, uh, I think like, I can't remember if Aiken Mealy played any shows with any of Tom's. We had to have though. Um, but it, it was just this thing where we'd, we'd run into Tom all the time. And I was always just like, I don't really know if Tom likes me. Yeah. Um, but then one, you know, one year for my birthday, uh, Tom, my friend Tommy, who was the vocalist of Kick Your Body, asked Tom, hey, like, and so Tom technically gave me this you and I show VHS for my birthday. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, my God. And it's really um, like not until way later when like Comer Gelia started and I'm like, would you, would your current band want to be on a split? And then we did the split with capacities. Then we started touring with Tom's bands all the time. Mm -hmm. um, that like eventually led to, will you play bass with us during our set? And that eventually led to me being in different projects and then eventually led to me being just like, why don't you just play bass Bon Com Regalia albums? <laughs> like, would that be weird? And, you know, sometimes when I, you know, think about it, I'm like, was I like, if I, was this like a long grift to be in a band? <laughs> like, you know, just to be in a band with Tom Flatter because like, um, if you would have told me and you know when i was like uh <clears throat> a, a little screamo in 1999 crying on on my living room floor while listening to uh the curtain falls that i'd eventually be in a band with tom Slatter, i i don't i told you you're out of your mind but also that that would have been the coolest thing ever and um yeah i mean it is the coolest thing ever um i mean but that's awesome. It wasn't the plan all along, but it it worked. It right worked in a roundabout yeah. way. I mean, it feels yeah. that way sometimes, right? I mean, I yeah. when I when I came on to everything remade, I felt like I'm like, did I just kind of like use this as an excuse to just get to talk to you <laughs> like directly? <laughs> and you know, sometimes that's the cool thing about being in the scene, though, right? Is that like no one's a no one's really like a, a rock star. Like no one's really like yeah, we have our legends, but like everyone is equal. Like there is like equity and equal footing that we all stand on together yeah absolutely i mean i think you know that what y'all do like i think that get a lot like creating an opportunity for people to say their piece and tell their stories is like just such a 
an undervalued like thing that people can do and whether that's like writing about people's bands and in zines or whatever form that takes you know because like all like you know all people just want to feel like people care about what they're doing in the world and like that's such a like this is such an honest way to to say to people like you know we see you we hear you you know we appreciate you and so yeah i mean that's that's what we're all trying to do right you know that's what we're trying to communicate to each other that like our stories matter that um that that our our pasts you know uh and 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 where we're going and where we've been are important yeah yeah i mean i agree i think a, a lot of like this music is also about validating really strong feelings and passions that like I mean, maybe more so now, but like in the past, like the typical zeitgeist had not really honored in a lot of ways. And I th I think that's what draws a lot of people. And so giving people like the space to talk about that too, and like how important it is to them and letting other people hear that and like feel like, okay, like I feel even more understood now, you know, like I think yeah. that that is really cool. Yeah. And so, I mean, I, I love that. And I love everything remade. That Kirby Kiss episode was great, by the way. Oh, that was... Oh gosh, that was so fun. I always, <laughs> I went, that's one of the times I wish that there was, that there was a, like a, uh, a, a video version of the show. Yeah. Because when Natal said Tommy talking about Tom Schlatter, <laughs> I, I must've been like, <laughs> I, cause I never heard anyone like, I, I was probably full on Macaulay Culkin, home alone, hands on the side of the face, like, oh my God. It know? felt so casual. I was like, man, I, I like, oh, I've like only always called him Thomas Schlatter whenever I like, yeah, write yeah, about him or anything. Yeah. 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 It was like, I was like, oh my God. Yeah, me, Tommy. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> it was awesome. I, every day, that's a, such a blessing. Yeah. That's so awesome. Okay. Uh, well, I want to talk about the Indiana scene a little bit. I mean, you've been you you've been in Indiana like for a long, long time, and like you've lived yeah. there for a long time. You watch the scene grow, like you've cultivated in parts, I'm sure. And like, you know, like, are there any local bands right now that you think like maybe deserve a little bit more love that you'd like to give some time and space to right now? Uh, yeah. I mean, um, so I I think like that uh hellbender which is you know that's members of uh hive mind and uh pictures of june oh cool it's the drummer from pictures of june and the vocalist from hive mind um i think they're really awesome like they they uh they they're they're like a grind band they're mm. not uh taking things like too seriously but they're like all on mm. the level you know um and just like they've um, been in bands that have booked people in Bloomington for years. You know, they've been on in the trenches as we say. Mm -hmm. um, and then, um, yeah. Um, Sonora from Indy. Uh, they're really wild. Like they're like a screamo, like early Genesis. Like they're like, Ooh. they're like froggy screamo. Oh, nice. And uh, yeah. And, and um, you know, uh, my friend Tara that that is the guitar player vocalist of that band like she's um she's like she's been doing that band for so long and 
like I think you know Indiana is a a a, a rough spot to come from for a band mm-hmm. uh, for a lot of reasons sometimes and um like uh we have had like some like really awesome bands from here you know like usurp um, maracate um mm. you know uh in the face of war you know from you know back in the day but um yeah it's it's um i mean there's there's always bands in in indianapolis and stuff um sometimes like i don't really i don't really know like about all the i don't sometimes people some some people in indie bands like i just don't fuck with them because yeah (laughs) um i don't know you know like sometimes people just want to be uh be edgy or you Mm. know they just want to be be controversial for being controversial sake you know and yeah uh and i i don't know i i like a lot of people from indie but um I think that's that's the reason why I don't play in Indiana very much, even when I was touring a lot. It's just yeah. because there's certain people that get passes on a lot of shit that just don't, you know. So don't deserve the pass. Yeah. So Not that Sonora, anyone. Hellbender, you know, yeah, those okay. are really good bands. Vac, I don't know if they're still a thing, but they're from north, you know, northern Indiana. It's members of. Um, uh members of phoenix bodies oh sick and some other bands yeah um yeah vac uh, like i said i don't know if they're still a thing but um hopefully they're really cool damn that's rad i didn't know that i didn't know the guys in phoenix bodies were still kicking around stuff i think uh they did i knew i were part some of them were in bird brain right um i think i don't a different pin. i don't know i i I don't know for sure, but I know that their singer Derek was good friends with them and like went on tour with them. I don't know if he was in the band, but yeah, they did like they 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 did like a tour with like Rain or something. Yeah, that's where I saw Rain came to the states. Yeah, and um, and I know that Derek went on that tour, but I don't know if he was in that band or not. But Mm. uh, the the person i'm speaking of that's in vac is um colin who was also in uh, um fuck uh brighter arrows yeah oh i love brighter arrows yeah really great band especially live like wow yeah i wish i could have seen them i don't they they're, they're definitely defunct right like they they don't play anymore. oh yeah they they've been uh broken up for a long time but Damn. yeah, so it's a shame because just I mean, such a such a powerful band live. Definitely um, one of the best best. Uh, I guess you can't say they were from Indiana, but some mm. of them lived here. Some of them lived in Chicago. I was gonna say because they they I think Brighter Arrows. I don't. I think I feel like I always get this wrong. I don't know if they had members that they shared with Mans or maybe Lion of the North. The drummer was from Mans. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, that makes uh, sense. Yeah, I'm obsessed with man. So as soon as I found out that anyone in that band had another project, I was like, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the drummer was from Mans. 
Okay, very cool. So then similarly in that vein, is there any band outside of the local scene, like in general overall, that you feel like, like, man, these guys are really just not getting enough love and they are fantastic? Does anyone like that kind of like jump out of you? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I, um, I think, you know, there's, I think we're in a, in a, in a, excuse me. I think a lot of times, like, you know, in the scene, like you, you can, you can say like, you think that, you know, more people should listen to this band and, and then there'll be 15 people that are like, Oh, this band is so awesome. Like, and you know, you, you don't usually see people talking about them, but then people yeah. will surprise you, you know? Right. But, um, one band that I, you know, they're pretty new to me, but they've been around for a while. Um, is this band Kaiba from Athens, Ohio? Yeah. Uh, yeah, they have, they just, apparently they've been a band since like 2018 or something. Like, Damn, really? I thought a they really were long too. time. But they've, but they've just got those three songs online. And um, I mean, they're all in school and mm. they've, you know, they've talked about like just um, how um, they, you know, they, they were just not really a hundred percent on all the ways that their songs were coming together. So mm. that's why this, you know, three songs took so long, but I just think that, um, yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I think maybe people might listen to, um, the demo and, and like, uh, maybe the recording like makes, makes, puts people off or whatever, but mm. it's, uh, it's weird because like, I think, and I've said, you know, I've said this to them, but, uh, I like the recording is at first I was like, I don't really know what's happening, but yeah. then I was like, this is like the, like, I, that's what I want to hear more of. I want to hear more like you're a band sounds like no other band because you didn't just like use like, you know, um, amped, um, like, pre pre uh pre pre uh like pre-effect like guitar you know right like, uh vsts and stuff you know yeah. like it sounds like your band right like um because i mean i don't know you know there's so much like there's so much like a band like it's like wow this band has really great guitar tones like they're fantastic they're mm perfect guitar tones but you're like they sound like the production on this sounds just like these other things yeah you know and i'm i just am like you know i i i i said i said already like even i was like i had to sit with it but then right. i was like i appreciate this more because mm. it's because it's unique because it's maybe a little grading because it's whatever you know my favorite one of my favorite seven inches i think i could probably say that i have three favorite seven inches but my mm -hmm. favorite screamo seven inch is the kmb communicate seven inch and like you just don't like that record would not sound like that today yeah because they would just they would 
take whatever they were using and they would just make it sound like as good as possible. And the word good being like, I don't know, like it's so subjective. And I feel like we are all under this influence of like what is good by being like um, the thing that everybody likes the most and sounds the clearest right is like the new standard of like what is good and i don't know i just think like that a lot of um i think a lot of uh like not like hmm, i don't know like there's there's something that suffers for that you know yeah um i i think that from the most case you can listen to a band and be like that's this band like once you're you know um familiar with the band but like i think the fact that you can put a lot of productions like right next to each other and they're so similar is a detriment to uh how people can relate to an album on an individual level yeah no i can see that i mean i think um my obsessive era of music is probably between i want to say like 2008 and 2012 or 13 that demo era where everything just sounded kind of like dog shit you know but it was (laughs) a very because everyone was recording on their imac like no one had a mic people were playing a song live recording it and then be like this is good enough and then maybe putting like a pass filter on it and then uploading it you know mm-hmm. like um like june Paik, like some of the early june Paik recordings are actually borderline unlistenable in a lot of ways but <laughs> later on like they found a way to kind of take that grid off and it but still have it sound like demo-y and like like it was in a garage but capture that energy really well mm-hmm. you know and I do think that we don't hear a lot of demos that sound like that. And I think you're right that Kaiba, I think it's on SoundCloud. That's the other thing too. I've been noticing a lot of like bands putting their stuff on SoundCloud again, which is like really, really cool to me because everyone else like does like the, um, you know, Bandcamp and like Spotify and does like the streaming and like I feel like SoundCloud because of its history within music in general is just kind of having like a little like punk resurgence again. There was this band, um box cutter from canada and they put their stuff on streaming later on but like they the only way you could like listen to them in like last this was last october i found the cp like they had put it out last year they only the only place you could listen to it was on soundcloud and i thought that was like really funny but also really cool yeah the problem with me and soundcloud is like um it would never work right yeah like on my phone like it just would never work oh their their native (laughs) app is terrible like i'd be like i'm trying to like listen to like somebody sent me a link i'm trying to listen to the song i'm like uh <clears throat> i'm like two or three songs in i have no idea what song i'm listening to because it still says the name of the first song <laughs> um i uh it crashes and i don't know what song i was on so i either got to start it at the beginning again which who knows if i'll even get as far as i did the first time yeah. you know um so that was my big thing with SoundCloud is I was just like, when people sent me a SoundCloud link, I'm like, oh shit, you know, <laughs> GTA meme, like, here we go again. Yeah. Um, but uh, 
yeah <clears throat> yeah I've, I've always thought that that i've always thought that these ideas were were really interesting just like you know um uh, the the idea like you know um oh like we like to put our singles up on soundcloud and then we put our full albums on Bandcamp, or we do this mm. or we do that or like just sort of just people like i've always thought the idea of like just sneaking a release out there and not telling anybody about it and just like if you like us then you'll find it you know it's, yeah. it's always appealed to me and i've almost done that a couple times but i mean some of the best things i ever found on Bandcamp were just like going tag hopping which i like will always tell everyone like if you really want to find new music and yeah spotify is cool like it does like a lot for bands especially newer bands and like you know that that era like the this era of like people using streaming services more and all that stuff like um i i don't know if i quite classify bandcamp as like a streaming service um i mean we'll see what we'll see what epic games does with them in the future but i think that 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 whole system they have of like tagging and then getting to go look through a tag and then looking at best selling newest arrival who has merch like that kind of thing i have found so many bands from absolutely nowhere that way like bands that clearly like never sold even a copy on Bandcamp or just like maybe never even had a download and i think that that is like such a useful function but i i always personally will champion Bandcamp when it comes to finding new music over something like spotify yeah <clears throat> i um don't even use spotify so <laughs> it's, i it's I, know, I know that it's like probably the the best as far as like the serviceability or whatever of the app like it probably works you know the best mm. um i don't um <clears throat> i don't know like as far as like what um like playlists that it creates or whatever i don't i don't know as far as like screamo or whatever how well any of that mm. works or if it if it makes sense but um yeah, I don't know. I did. I did read some articles about like how they, how they, uh, they, they've they've like basically like got like uh, AI like writing, um, like the the lo-fi beats playlists, etc., and mm -hmm. how they're like, um, <clears throat> like there was like there was like investigative journal. This is years ago too, so it's probably just gotten worse. But there was like investigative journalists that were like we found artists with like millions and millions of play from these Spotify playlists that like don't exist because like Spotify is like paying themselves royalties mm -hmm. with their own content that they're making and putting into these, um, into these playlists. And so, yeah, yeah I don't, I don't know. Uh, like, I don't know if you like, you know, if you say like, go and listen to the Orchid record, and then it plays Frail Body or something, then that's you know that's cool. But uh, I don't know, like, definitely the tag thing you said on Bandcamp, like, it's pretty wild. Like, I don't even ever do that that much, but sometimes you're just like, what the fuck is this? You know, I thought I knew like everyone and everything, you know, but yeah, yeah. it's wild there's always some band in some small town that's just like, we'll just put the demo up, whatever. And then you hear it and you're just like, I can't believe that a kids are making this from like this city. 
because then it just further reinforces that like yeah it can happen here you know Mm which -hmm. is always really cool to see and b like usually a lot of the time like everyone's got something to say and like even if people will i i'm also earlier at what you had said like about how like what is objectively good and like how we interpret things i genuinely believe that everybody has something to say and they can only say it in their way and that is what objectively makes it good and so Yeah. like there are some things where i just will listen to probably like what be considered like a really just awful demo and i'll be like you know what that wasn't that bad and like i'm glad i listened to it Yeah. so and that only happens on bandcamp really though i'm sure spotify it's if i had that thing where spotify was like you like screamo and started chasing every song that i would listen to with jillian carter like immediately after like i would be listening to like a lo-fi beat album while like i'm working or something and then immediately after like jillian carter pops on like this earth-shaped tomb would start playing I'd be like, oh, Yeah. this is a tonal shift. So yeah, those algorithms are not very well run. And uh, Yeah. I think that they are, it has gotten worse. I believe that they have reduced dramatically the amount of like actual, like, because they used to have like playlist curators or whatever, but they've, they're starting, I read an article like a month or two ago that they're like leaning a lot more on like the algorithm to do that instead. And so they're basically like scrapping like the human component of it, which is just going to, make mush like spotify is just going to turn into like a giant like mud bowl of soup unless you know what you're doing but like as far as like new artist discovery goes like for people who just are like just randomly listening to shit i don't think it's really going to do much for them Yeah. but i mean like a lot of aspects of screamo i feel like comes with like kind of a level of like i, I guess you could call it like crate digging you know Sure, like sure. Like, Yeah. I don't know, you remember the blogspot era much where, like, people were, like, Well, <clears throat> when walking. you said crate digging, it really made me think of um, <clears throat> when, uh, you know, Soulseek first came out and Yeah. stuff. And so you would have, like, I, I, you know, I, I'll, I'll be the first to admit what I would do is I would search for a chameleon because I didn't feel like anybody knew who we were. Hmm. So if you knew who we were, then you would probably know something that I didn't know. So I'd search for some band that I didn't think people knew about. And then I'd look through their stuff. And um, yeah, that was like the digital version of crate digging. You know, you, Yeah. you're like, <clears throat> you, you search for a chameleon and then you come up with this whole list of things and you're like who's it to brute okay and <laughs> oh so man. then you download them <laughs> you know and right. then like uh oh gosh i can't remember there's another one that i there's no one i found like similarly and i i can't i can't remember right now what the name of this band is no one ever talks about them but like once every five years someone's like does any has anyone ever heard of this band Yeah. but the album cover is like all white but it's got this picture of like an old van on it in it's like comic like line art almost Yeah. but it's in blue i can't remember what the name of the band is offhand but this was another band that like during a chameleon times like we almost like they were from pennsylvania or something we almost did like tour with them or something Yeah. so we almost did a tour with etu brute too and it was just like one Damn. of those things it was like i found you all on soul seek now we're friends on myspace or whatever you know and uh yeah and <clears throat> there's tons of bands that i had you know found like that um i don't you know some of them um some of them were ended up being like bigger than bigger than others like later down the line i mean that's how i heard of like you know um 
like fear before the march of flames and stuff like that you know right. then they blew up and right um, stuff like that but i don't know i was trying to think of i can't remember this band's name either i'm really curious but, uh, this blue uh this blue album because it sounds mildly yeah, familiar yeah, to me i gotta yeah i if you dig I it up later to, please let me know <laughs> i gotta just go and i gotta just go and open you know see if i can open a winamp and <laughs> just <laughs> just hit random on my winning I, I use winamp too <laughs> yeah it'll be one of the first 15 or 20 songs that plays guaranteed it's just like every single time that's so, awesome. yeah yeah <laughs> um Okay, so similarly in that vein of like kind of talking about like touring and stuff, do you have like a favorite show or tour memory with like with any of your bands or like even shows that you've seen? Like, is there something that you saw that you still think on like occasionally? You're like, God damn it, that was some insane shit. Um, I mean, the the probably the most intense band that i've ever seen was when his hero is gone played at my house back in mm. like 99 uh i just there were all kinds of stories about the vocalists of that band and i could probably verify a lot of them now but i never have because like the lore is too cool yeah <laughs> it was like people always talked about like you know people would be like this guy blew up a gas station or like they would say like really wild shit right and i'm like, right well you know 15 counts of arson like what you know and i don't you know but this here's this guy he's in my house he's screaming these songs like five feet in front of me and he was just like he like hardly moved right but his presence was just like intimidating and like just commanding like he just demanded that you were watching him and like you know what i mean like they were so intense live and then like another like an awesome show that i saw i didn't have anything to do with it was i saw uh dillinger after um calculating infinity came out i saw oh, them shit. like in that era primary that, that oh my god that vocalist was like that like that that he he was also very like his stage presence was very different than what i was used to he he was not uh wailing around like you know um he was just like there and he was just like intense and i was in like they were on a stage and especially at that time i didn't watch bands on a stage you know yeah but uh it was just like wow this band is ridiculous um and then like uh yeah i mean like the locust played at my house once and that was just wild because it was just like no crazy. way that that many people should have been in that basement like people were <laughs> I was on the stairs, like trying to look down <laughs> around the corner to watch them play. And there's, there's people just like, it was like when people were like, I can't be in here anymore. This is too much. I'm going outside. Then it was like more people made their way in. We're just like time. flood right in. And it, yeah. And like, and Justin Pearson was like puking in the corner between songs because he was like sick and he was 
trying to pretend that it was because he was on cocaine, <laughs> but like he doesn't do cocaine, you know, yeah. like, um, and it was, yeah, I mean, he was like, he was like back there and he was like getting sick and he was like, anybody got any more coke? You know, he was just like being, just yeah, like one of those like dumb jokey things. Yeah, yeah. And, um, that's wild. So the locust yeah. played in your basement. What year was that? It was like 1999. That's it was so like, cool. RIP Gabe Serbian. I, yeah, I can't believe I like I can't believe I can't remember like if it was like like I think it was like maybe it was like right before I moved into that house. Mm. But like there's this weird time where so the Usurp kids lived in this house and then like they were like you should sublet this house from us. We're all moving. And I was like, cool. And they were like, but we've still got some shows booked. Can you do them? And I was like, <laughs> yeah. So there was some shows that they booked that like I lived there and they would show up and like, you know, sort of, sort of run it. But then there was some shows that they were supposed to sort of run that they didn't. <laughs> they just like and which was fine you know it was fine in the end but um <clears throat> yeah it was um it was it was wild there was a lot of like bands in in that um era that it was just like like the examination of the was intense and i mean um i don't know bands that we've played with like on tour like i mean I would have never thought that we would get to see uh, Dreyafen and we played with them and missed the stars. And they were just like, I mean, I was like floored. Like, um, I don't know. I wish I could see that band, man. That is... They were, it was, uh, it was just like, I, not only are they so tight and they're so, so good, but like, they sounded like their tone was like they just sounded perfect like it it was just it was unbelievable i don't know damn that's so awesome is there yeah. so is there like i mean you got to do that which is really cool or is there a band that you wish that coma could play with like now a band that's like active um you know even <clears throat> inactive i'll throw you that one too like active or inactive like if you could well here how about this if you could build like the perfect lineup whether coma plays or not or you know if you play it or not like what are three bands that you wish you could play with like inactive or active i don't know that's uh i i'd um i'd probably i'd probably put like a weird show together you know like i'd i'd um like i'm here for that i'd i'd play with like like housewife and uh and like i'd play with like um i'd, I'd play with like 1994 jawbreaker <laughs> you know <laughs> like i mean i would you know i i'm sure jawbreaker is like still good but you know i mean wow i just like as as like a kid in high school putting on the seven inches you know that's something different yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, um, <clears throat> like, shit. It's it, 
every time I've seen hundreds of AU play, you know, like, uh, yeah. like, I mean, put me, put, put one of Tom's bands on the bills and then, and then so we can have our bass player there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I mean, um, I haven't seen Ostraka play in forever. That'd be, that'd be awesome. Oh, I saw them last, uh, last fall. They were so good. Yeah, I bet. I haven't seen them play since like, like since they were still active right probably since like before like before our split with them like oh, shit. like like i think like they're i think at one of the last times i saw them play i think they played a song from our split but like it wasn't recorded yet like it was that long ago oh shit um yeah so i don't i haven't seen any of the like last or you know um uh i'm blanking on their other album title um enemy i haven't seen any yeah. of those songs live oh man <clears throat> okay is there if there were like a tom schlatter band you could play with what would it be um i don't know i mean I, we we I've played with most of them. I don't, I think that you and I is my favorite band, but that's, that's one of those things where it's like, <clears throat> sometimes your favorite record isn't necessarily the best record. Yeah. Like, does that make any sense? Like, no, that tracks. And it's just like, cause that's the one you heard when you needed to hear it. You know what I mean? And so, um, <clears throat> like, no matter how awesome like you and I would be if they ever did another reunion or whatever. And like, I mean, I would try to be there and I would, I would be really stoked about that and grateful for that. But like, yeah, um, I know that that band would never be the people who played on that albums necessarily, you know, yeah. like, because there's just all, all those unresolved issues, you know, mm. but, um, uh, so I don't know. I think like, yeah, I mean, hopefully just get to see hundreds of AU again pretty soon, you know, cause um, I don't know. Maybe I could talk them into learning a capacity song though. There's one capacity ah. song that the last time that I saw capacities play this song uh, called the pink nose. <clears throat> yeah. That's I, a great I, song. I, I cried when that, when they played that song, I was crying, you know, you know, <laughs> capacities is so fucking good. You I don't think band. about somebody crying during a screamo song, you know. But uh <laughs> Really? That's like all I do when I whenever I see pants or go <laughs> listen to like, records. This is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. Man. I would love to see capacities or black kites would be my vote for one of the ones that could come back. Yeah, I've definitely seen black kites uh more than a couple times they were always awesome uh we we toured with capacities twice um we played their first last show uh, <laughs> i think i think they did like i think it was i think it was their only last show but they did more shows like later on once their drummer moved like back mm. to uh the area so it technically wasn't their last show but we did play it we were um we drove straight there and straight back Damn. Right? 
16 hours or whatever to New Jersey and straight back after the show. And we, I was, um, I was still playing drums, uh, but the, the, the basement that we played in, there was like standing water in the basement. Oh shit. And like people's guitar pedals and stuff oh. were dangerously close to the stage standing water. And like, there was definitely a point in the set where like, I think people were getting like shocked by microphones. Oh, <laughs> God. It was a wild show, but uh, yeah, that, that, that's the last time I saw, you know, and the pink nose. And I was just like, I was 16 hours in, in a car. We didn't, we drove like, uh, we drove like a small hatchback too, because we didn't have to take all our gear. Yeah, <laughs> so it was like three of us in this little hatchback. Sixteen hours, we get out, like sleep deprived on the road all this time, watching <laughs> capacities, just like bawling, like. Ah. <laughs> that sounds awesome. It was. It was. <clears throat> okay, so as we're kind of winding down. Um... We have a couple like just fun questions we like to ask. Uh, like, do you? First off, I'll ask do you. Do you can? Do you believe in the concept of a guilty pleasure? Um, not really. Okay. Uh, so I don't either. But we always ask if you have something that you consider a guilty pleasure, or do you think people would consider it a guilty pleasure that you listen to? It's like, you know, there's like. It's that idea is so weird these days because like, you know, if if you would have told those usurp kids like back then, if you would have told them you like strung out, you know, they'll make fun of you. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and I mean I love strung out. Um it, it, like if you let I can't even imagine the shit you would have taken from some of them if you're like you hear that new Charlie album? Like that's yeah. just amazing, you know. Um, so guilty pleasures are such a, like it's such a. I think it's yeah. such a different. It means something so different now, you know. Yeah. Um, guilty pleasures, like when I'm humming a Smith song, like that feels. I feel guilty about that. That's fair. It's like, but I mean, I can't erase this song from my brain, you know. Yeah. Like I've been listening to this band since 1990, whatever, you know. Yeah. Uh, like I won't support I won't support this guy you know I don't I don't want to like I don't want him making another dollar off of anybody but um, you know yeah. uh, that's what I feel guilty about like damn this asshole really did sing on some of the greatest songs that have ever existed and he's you know a really shitty person like yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah I mean you know I I listen to a lot of stuff. I mean, I I I love like uh, I love a lot of like classic classic rock stuff that mm. you know, like I love like the first Boston album, and I love like Fleetwood Mac, and I mean, I I love like Lil Nas and Charlie, and I love like. Uh, everything that i've always like listened to um yeah you know i mean i was never into like blink 182 per se but mm -hmm. like there's bands that i listen to that sound like that 
you know? And it's like, sometimes that feels a little bit corny, but like, <laughs> you know, I'm still like, da 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 da. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if it's catchy, it's catchy too, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, it doesn't really matter sure. if people find it uncomfortable. And I think that we are in, you know, like I go to shows now and like once upon a time, you maybe would have been clowned for wearing like a Selena shirt, right? Mm -hmm. Like, because like, there's this like air of like masculinity of like a hardcore show, but like that does that just like doesn't exist anymore, you know. Like I saw, I think I yeah. saw someone wearing like a Britney Spears shirt when we went and saw um like a Straka or something in the fall. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely it's disappearing. Um, okay, so I don't know if you're a pacifist or not, but if there's one person on the planet that you could just like really like just absolutely like give them a good like wallop in the face, who would it be? <sighs> maybe DeSantis. Yeah, that's a yeah. good one. I, I, so anybody that knows me that's been on tour with me or whatever knows mm. that I love the state of Florida. Like I, I love it. Yeah. Like it has nothing to do with people. Like, I just, when I go there, I feel like I'm, I mean, I, I grew up there from like 12 to my twenties or whatever, you know, right. early twenties. Okay. Um, and when I go there, I just feel like I just, I'm home, you know, like mm. I, the way it smells in the air and just like the environment, like I just am just like, when I go, when we're driving in, <clears throat> no matter like what band it's like we're always stopping at that rest center we're always taking a picture with the dolphin it's like i'm like <laughs> i'm home you know i'm so happy and uh it's just like wow like he's terrible and like <laughs> yeah the idea of him being president is just that's also just wow you know um, also terrible yeah 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 that's 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 a really solid one Okay, I mean, so somebody should somebody should get him. Just saying, you know, one I mean, of these days. Yeah, <laughs> one of these days he's gonna catch it. I'm sure, yeah. or maybe he'll get like the Fabio treatment, and like a bird will just like break his nose. <laughs> you know, that's. I feel like I dated myself right there. Nobody Google. No, that. no, uh, and um, and then Cassie from Computer, uh, <laughs> like, um, like Cassie has done a painting of pop of Fabio from when the so like that that <laughs> reference is more like scene relevant than than uh because because cassie from computer just did this amazing painting of fabio from the bird incident and so that's what cassie if you're listening let's get a ron DeSantis um fabio oh yeah bird painting maybe that could be the next coma album cover <laughs> yeah yeah let's do it <laughs> okay so conversely um if you could give the world a gift, what would it be and why? Um, I heard, uh, I heard, um, I heard Jacob answer this one, and uh, they said like that. The folks in Masanera said like mm. universal income and uh, and healthcare, and that that's um that's an amazing one, like on a on a practical level. Yeah. And then so my. Uh, addendum to that i think uh is a bit more on the um like metaphysical level or whatever uh see i think that other than like 
um, the structural problems that people face, like you can't buy groceries and you can't go see the doctor. I think that a lot of people suffer from like, um, like a lot of people have uh, a, a problem um, feeling loved or cared for. Yeah. Um, a lot of people feel isolated and they feel like they're alone or they don't have people that are looking out for them or, or are glad they're there. And so that, that, that'd be my answer is I, I wish that people could feel and, and quantify in some way that love that exists for them in the world. Um, because I think that if people could do that, then, you know, the, the world would be a better place just, just all across the board. And that we all know that like there's people out there that, you know, uh, we mean something to and, and vice versa. You know? Yeah. That's a really beautiful answer. And I think that's very well said. Um, okay. So lastly, um, we're wrapping it up now, but is there anything you'd like, this is your chance to like plug um, like the record label or your zines or like any causes you'd like to shout out or just in general, like this is your room to kind of talk about what's going on with you and what you believe in and all that. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, like I, I, I've, like I'll start just by saying, yeah, I mean, I've, I've been doing, uh, I, I came up with the idea that I want to do a hundred issues of a zine. Basically I want to give myself practice, uh, in, uh, in drawing comics. And so, um, I, I've been, I've been doing that. Um, I put like a ridiculous amount of, uh, hours into, into, uh, every single zine that I, that I've done. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, um, like I've been trying to just like, like, uh, create like, a a, a, a world for myself where I can, um, slowly, but surely like, stop like deliver you know doing delivery apps um i'm trying to like make a life for myself as an artist and um just like i'm trying to do that like one day at a time just like yeah well i like right now i have like 10 albums like literally like 10 albums that i just can't finish because i never have the time and so I started a Patreon is, you know, it's patreon.com slash human machine. And my goal is just like, can I get enough support there that I can um, take one more day off of work a week and just focus on that stuff. Um, and yeah, that's what I've been doing. I, I post like the zines there, uh, as they come out and, um, you know, before they're finished, you know, I just post the pages there. And, um, then, um, like, yeah, I mean, uh, 
we like I've like I said I have like 10 things that I've been working on I'm trying to finish um we're recording a new Como Regalia album in May uh it's going to be called Hunting Shadows um I don't know it's a it's it's a lot but um you know one thing that I wanted to say uh as like sort of like a parting thought is that um i see a lot of people that um that 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 um want to be supportive of trans people but i don't like when it when push comes to shove i don't feel like the it's always backed up you know and so if you have trans people in your life like do check in on them and their needs like do like more than just like post that you know inf infogram or whatever you know about like these laws that are getting like created in an attempt to try to erase us like you know see like find out like about like somebody's top su surgery GoFundMe and like do what you can to like boost that and um you know show up for for trans people because like right now like it's really fucking scary out there and I mean there's probably a lot of people like me that like I mean like I'm in a position where it's like I'm just getting to the point where I'm like, oh, I can be like this. I can be like that. I can talk about this. I can talk about that. And like, you're looking at us. You're looking at this as the start of your life or the start of your new life or however you want to look at that. And you're looking at it in a way where you're also have to be worried it's about to all just be ripped away from you and so that's my thing is just like don't just say it be about it you know really show up for people yes 100 percent. then yeah you can always do more um even if you don't have the money there's always that you have a share button every time you have a voice you can use it and you know we at the podcast are 100 percent with that we always want to boost marginalized voices in a lot of ways and there is an active war being waged on trans people bipoc trans people non-binary oh, people yeah. right now and um yeah 100 percent. well Edie, thank you so much for coming on and speaking with us um seriously it's been such a pleasure truly an honor in a lot of ways and uh we're all looking forward to everything else that you make because i know you just will not stop making stuff <laughs> i can't <laughs> too late <laughs> I believe that. All right. Thank you so much for coming on. And we'll hopefully hear more from you soon. Definitely.